Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Front of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And good morning, you're on Dirt Radio with Sam, flying solo today, Colin and John are taking the week off. I haven't been on for a few weeks, so hello to everybody out there listening. We have a uh, a very special guest in the studio today, you may have heard of Karen, uh, she's everywhere, we are all Karen, and we've managed to track down a Karen uh, to talk to us about her feelings around the radicalisation book, so... Um, We're just going to call her Karen. We're not going to give a last name, Uh, but we are going to talk about the the case study that was put out by the Australian government under the Attorney-General's department. Uh, If you haven't heard about it, if you were somehow missed the Twitter storm around free Karen and take it down, uh, what we're talking about is a booklet that was developed in conjunction with some academics. And I might state up front that the academics claim the booklet was never meant to go into schools. It was always meant to inform people that were working in sectors where they may encounter youth that uh, may be leading, uh, being led down the path of extremism, whatever that means. Uh, I'm really not sure. Anyway, so there's been some strong pushback by some of the academics saying they didn't intend the work to be used the way that the government has used it to politicise particular components. Now, the problem, of course, that the community had with uh, this booklet is while it was talking about uh, radicalisation and violent extremism, of course, only in relation to um, Islamic fighting and uh, jihad, which in itself could be considered racist and Islamic phobic uh, in, in content. The case example that is given under extreme violence was all about an environmental activist called Karen. Not only that, uh, the booklet contains throughout various photos that, well, some might you know, think looks like uh, the the young people in this document could be, gee, anyone that listens to alternative music, that's into left politics, that's maybe been to a protest. And, of course, they used above uh, the section on what is radicalisation a photo of the shark cull, uh, anti-shark cull protest in WA led by Natalie Banks, uh, and they've since removed that uh, as a uh, photograph above what is radicalisation, which apparently, according to the Attorney General's department or to whoever designed that, includes peaceful protest on the beach to stop the killing of sharks. So, Karen, welcome to the studio. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. I know it's been a, a pretty crazy week for you. Um, and it's also been a pretty crazy week for Friends of the Earth. We've had a lot going on this week, and I really appreciate you um, coming on air. I know a lot of people have been wondering who is Karen. In fact, I've seen many people tweeting, who the hell is Karen? What is going on? 
Um, so I just want to talk you through the case study that they used and then I'd like to, you know, hear it from your mouth, what exactly has gone on here. So uh, the case study talks about a young woman, Karen, who starts listening to alternative music and um, starts to separate herself out from her conservative, peaceful, non-protesting family. And, you know, she likes the people she's hanging out with. And, of course, this leads her down a path of uh, sort of uh, complete radicalization to the point where apparently, you know, you went out and were in a forest blockade and um, perhaps climbed a tree or something or (laughs) hugged a tree, God forbid. And, of course, you know, after many years of direct actions, something inside you clicked and you realised that this is only short-term gain and that um, if you want to influence policy in the environment, I'm sorry, it's really hard to keep a straight face talking about this stuff. Uh, I'm just not going to look at Karen. Karen's looking at me in the studio and it's very distracting. Uh, so, and, and then you moderated your eco-philosophy <laughs> and found your way back into normal society uh, and apparently got a job for a large NGO that works on environmental causes. So, yeah, okay. all right, so let's just go through this piece by piece. Um, did Is your family conservative? Did you come from a, a family that actually doesn't have any sort of sense of social conscience or justice? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and is it true that you did end up in, um, you know, I heard a rumour you you ended up in a, a forest blockade up on a monopole. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, once. Once. Once, yeah. Yeah. Never uh, say never. Never say never. I thought yeah. I'd give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the, the contested points of this case study is the uh, authors claim that they interviewed a few Karens, <laughs> maybe six, or maybe that was for the whole report, <laughs> a large sample size of people, clearly. Um, and they said that uh, in the case study, you know, you were involved in, you know, violent violent behaviour, which, you know, again, let's, you know, put the definition of what is violent aside because, you know, some people would say property damage is not violence. Um, but this is concept that you were out with some group of radicals using tree spikes. That's ridiculous. Tree spikes have never been used in Australia. They, I, I don't know who, what they were watching, but they must have been watching some Hollywood movies or something mm. you know tree spikes have never been used in Australia and I don't yeah, they're they're hallucinating they're delirious <laughs> delusional yes <laughs> denial lists <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean I thought that was really interesting considering the authors were you know quite adamant that they did interview a real Karen and that anything that was in the case study of examples must have been something that that person said on the record, although we've seen no evidence of that. And considering the fact that the environment movement in Australia has a long history of commitment to non-violence, it it seems like the spike things is kind of a fabrication. It absolutely is a fabrication. You know, the environment movement has always been um, committed to non-violence, always will be committed to non-violence. That's how we operate. That's, you know, we pride ourselves absolutely on non-violence. Mm. And to suggest that we've been, anyone has been using tree spikes 
is just ridiculous. Mm. Well, it'd be interesting um, to be a fly on the wall in a room with the Attorney General and the authors trying to work out who added the concept (laughs) of tree spikes to the case study that is apparently based on you, even though you've never seen a tree spike. I I didn't even know what a tree spike was. Yeah, yeah. I think they're kind of a hangover from the 90s. So, you know, we can maybe guesstimate that somebody who added that in was maybe over 50 or 60. Possibly. It's a fair guess. How old do you think George Brandis is? Look. (laughs) (laughs) He'd have to be a baby That's a very personal question. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it goes to the heart of it. I mean, the Attorney General's office, you know, seems to be running an agenda. And um, we've seen the House of Reps inquiry against green groups. Uh, We've seen various politicians on, let's say, well, I hate to use the word extreme, hmm. but on the extreme right of politics, uh, using parliamentary privilege to uh, call the environmental movement, you know, this extreme vast green network. Um, and and there seems to just be this agenda. And the only thing that I could connect it to is the agenda of the IPA. Uh, have you noticed or heard anything about those interconnections? Um, you know, George Brandis seems to be heavily engaged in this. Yeah, that that look. I mean, George Brandis is on another planet. He, yeah, <laughs> he is. <laughs> Although we do we do hear that he loves animals. Oh, uh, look, I I did I did hear a rumor. I don't know if I should be saying this on the radio, but I did hear a rumor that George Brandis was seen coming out of a furries club. Oh, so he so really he, does love he animals. He really loves animals. Oh, well, that's good to know he loves animals. Absolutely. If only he cared as much for the people that are trying to protect the animals. <laughs> we wouldn't be in this situation, possibly. <laughs> uh, so, Karen, you know, how did you feel when you saw the reaction on Twitter, everybody coming out to support you? Oh, look, um. I mean, the, you know, the Twitter sphere—they—they don't—they smell bullshit a mile away. They don't—they don't take anyone's crap. You know, it's—it's it's not surprising, but it's also very lovely to see everyone coming out and supporting me and all of the Karens. You know, there's—we—we we are all Karen, mm-hmm. and to yeah, to see that support. I mean, you know, the the government—they—they they will and the politicians—they will never own Twitter. That's just you know, yeah, they, it's terrifying. I'm not even sure they know how to use it. I I haven't seen any evidence of that. (laughs) (laughs) So the public have been calling for the last three days for the Australian government to pulp any hard copies they have of this and to remove it from online. Um, And I know myself as a mother, I certainly don't want it going into the school system uh, to socially engineer kids into being afraid of each other or afraid of people that listen to alternative music (laughs) or that perhaps plant trees. Um, (laughs) How do you feel about that? What do you think should happen with this? Oh, look, it needs to be pulped. I mean, if, if this case study is anything to go by, the whole thing is ridiculous. The whole thing is fabrication Mm. and it it needs to be... it's an embarrassment. Mm. It's absolutely an embarrassment. Yeah. And, I, I mean, it does smack of, you know, sort of the Attorney General's office operating as a, a propaganda arm for either the IPA or for a particular oh, who, sector. Whoever, whoever they're working for. Yes. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the Australian it's people. Not, it's not the public. It's certainly not for the Karens out there, is it? <laughs> 
Uh, Certainly not for the planet. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, I think there was a great uh, tweet put out by Van Batam on this which said, you know, those of you that are outraged by environmental activists such as Karen being connected to extreme violence and radicalism, uh, now you know how Muslim kids feel every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it seems to me putting this into schools and asking teachers to uh, use this as a tool it it's clearly not only racial profiling that's going to come out of this because how do you identify these people? Well, it's people that are, you know, going down a, a path of ideology that's different to Judeo-Christian conservative politic. Mm. Um, you know, so anyone that looks different at school or that's slightly angsty as a teenager... <laughs> Which is most of us, to be honest. <laughs> <All> that, <laughs> and who decides what alternative music is I as well? I don't even know. Like alternative to what? Alternative to Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the comparison. Yeah. <laughs> there's Taylor Swift and then, and then there's, there's alternative uh, music. music. <laughs> oh, it's a sad, sad <laughs> pop culture we're living in at the moment. <laughs> So, you know, Karen, we, we agree that it needs to be pulped and I'm glad that you feel supported by uh, all of the people out there in the Twitter sphere that, that just really got behind you. Uh, the government seems to have acquiesced slightly. They removed the community protest photo of the shark protest, uh, but they've kept your case study in. If you want to call it a case study. <laughs> They've kept their little fictional narrative. Mm. Did they ever actually speak to you? No. No. No, of course not. No. So it was some other Karen, which is not the real Karen. No. (laughs) Maybe they found a Karen somewhere that, you know, would said what they wanted to hear. Well, we thought it might have been an American backpacker that had been at a protest in the States that saw a tree spike that was being used to cut wood (laughs) for firewood. I don't know. uh, You know, this is the bit that gets me is, you know, to claim that it was based on uh, true stories uh, and interviews. Uh, They've clearly got someone that has not been in the environment movement in Australia. Absolutely. I mean, they're intentionally misleading the public. They know. Mm. They know what's going on. They know that tree spikes have never been used in Australia. If they don't, they need to go out and do their research. Mm. Maybe interview more than six people. Maybe interview more than six Karens. Yes. <laughs> six Karens is nowhere near enough. No. Um, I like the line that came up last night, which is um, we were talking about um, this interview today and, you know, one of the things that came up was you can never tree spike an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like the, you know, the heart of Karen. You just can never tree spike an idea. You can't tree spike an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Once it takes off, it's taken off. <laughs> So on on a serious note, though, I I just want to sort of wrap up by, you know, offering you the opportunity, Karen, to maybe correct the concept of what is considered radical and extreme. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I feel, and I've been talking about this for quite a while now, that there is this capacity within authoritarian regimes, um, sorry, Australia, uh, in politics, (laughs) to invert language in a way and co-opt language in a way that makes rational people look radical and radical people look rational, right? It's yeah. it's 1984. It's, Absolutely. you know, ignorance is freedom, blah, 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 <laughs> all of those things. Double speak. Double speak, yeah. new speak, all, all, all of that. that. You know, Ministry for Peace, all of those things. Uh, Minister for <laughs> Women. <laughs> we could go on in comparisons, you know. 
Yeah, let's face it, we all did think, you know, the fun was over when Tony Abbott left office, but it rolls on. Clearly it's going to continue. Uh, yeah, yeah, which, you know, um, you know, better tie, same stuff. So mm. let's talk about what does it really mean? Um, you know, the word radical, which I think is a really beautiful word, comes from the concept of getting to the root of something and, mm. and initiating change. In the modern society, it's obviously been put um, in, in this context as a negative. Yeah. Um, so looking at it from that perspective, you have this word radical and extreme. And I just wonder what, what do you think about that? Because that's how they've labelled you. And what do you think it really means to be radical and extreme? Well, they've, they've labelled me as a violent extremist. Well, and violent you, extremist violent as well. Extremist. And you know, you know what is really a violent extremist? What? I'll tell you what's a violent extremist. Okay. Burning old growth forest and calling it renewable, mm. wiping out ecosystems to make paper, starting wars for profit, displacing millions of people, creating refugees for profit, running prison camps for profit, destroying sacred sites for profit, destroying prime agricultural land, digging up coal, fracking the planet, pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, sending millions, sentencing millions of species, including ours, to almost certain extinction, all for profit, being bought out by multinational corporations, giving those corporations right. jurisdiction over the planet, right. continuing a centuries-long genocide of the first peoples of this land, subjugating all of nature, including humans, for the sake of short-term monetary gain, a right-wing so-called conservative government in league with the new with mainstream media and multinational corporations pulling the wool over oh, public okay. eyes and oh, effectively okay. running this right. country as yeah. a fascist dictatorship, oh, okay. the perpetration oh, and defence okay. of human oh, rights abuse on a mass thanks, scale, Karen. keeping children yeah. and innocent yeah. people fleeing I'm their sure countries the list because of wars caused on. by us oh, in detention okay. centres oh, that are effectively okay. prison so. camps. That is radical extremism. Right. Okay, we're just going to go to a break. Thanks for that, Karen. One, two, Subscribe to your award-winning independent community radio, bringing you coverage of community issues and events. This is Beta Base Camp. Welcome to the Little Red Tulangi Treehouse. As you said, I'm going to the East West Tunnel ticket, as it usually does, starts at 5.30am. The Lincoln Melbourne Authority have come here in the middle of the night and set up another drill rig here on Gold Street. The police were pretty keen to defend that with all their resources this morning. And I think for Australians... In order to know ourselves, really fully know ourselves, in order to mature, we need to understand Aboriginal culture. We need to embrace it and realise that in coming here, you're now part of the longest continuing culture in the world. We need your support. Subscribe today. Call 94198377 now. You're on Dirt Radio with Sam. Karen's in the studio. She just had to take a, a step back and have a... How are you feeling now, Karen? I'm actually feeling much better. Okay, great. I'm glad you um, got that out of your system. And, of course, you made some very good points. There are <laughs> other things that are radical and extreme besides caring for the environment. And, you know, take a deep breath. It's okay. We will get to all of those things, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, some other things that have been going on this week, though, and I believe that you um, also attended the House of Reps inquiry to support Friends of the Earth on Monday. I did. Yeah. How do you think that went? It actually went surprisingly well. I I was I, I think they must have all been hung over or coming down off something. They just kind of sat there. <laughs> I mean, Christensen was on his iPad all day. I don't know if he was following the Twitter feed and freaking himself out or just looking up hangover cures. <laughs> but he, he didn't go us. He, he, he didn't go Friends of the Earth. He, he really, you know, we thought that he would. Yeah. I thought that Friends of the Earth presented really well, as did all the other environment groups over those two days. Um, 
and it seems to me increasingly that uh, the House of Reps inquiry uh, is is really you know sort of n- not worth pursuing. It's I not mean, really going it, it seems quite clear that all the environment groups are behaving themselves, are working within the law, but are also um, you know doing some really important work in terms of letting the committee know um, about ways to actually improve. Uh, how the environment movement operates as opposed to, you know, just labelling people as extreme, mm. uh, which is, you know, something we share in common, Karen. We've also been labelled as extreme. In fact, maybe 3CR, it has a lot of alternative music. A lot music. of alternative music. I'm actually feeling a little bit freaked out at all the alternative music that's sitting right next to me. You are sitting rather close to me right now. I know. I feel osmosis <laughs> radicalisation <laughs> taking place. You know, it's it's a bit scary. And, of course, all of this kind of stuff is often a distraction from the bigger picture and things that are going on. Uh, and one of the things that has uh, begun this week, in fact, no, hang on, what's the date today? Is it the 26th? I think it is. I, like I don't that. even know what day it is anymore. Um, it's the 28th. Oh, my God, I'm two days behind myself. So what's going on right now is TPP, next round of negotiations, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, my pet topic, uh, has started in Atlanta, Georgia, and the ministers are arriving in two days, so Wednesday our time. Uh, the ministers arrive to try and finalise and seal this big secret corporate deal. And I know, Karen, that, you know, while the case study suggests that you've somehow made your way into one of those rare as hen teeth paid positions Bullshit. within a large NGO... I heard a rumour that you were working at the grassroots level on things like the TPP. Is that true? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Right. There's, there's no way I've, you know, sold out and gone back to a corporate job. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So with the ministers coming up, I believe there's going to be a snap action across Australia on Wednesday. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there is. there's going to be a snap action um, in Melbourne um, that's at Andrew Robb's office at 11 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. um, and we are going to go and ask him to show us his text. Show us the text. And I believe that you're taking some detectives along to search for the text. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's getting to, we need to find it, yeah. you know, and it must be there. Yeah, yeah. It must be in there. So we're taking some detectives and we're also going to wash his windows to yeah. see if we can, you know, get a bit of transparency going on. Yeah, right. I heard the same thing is happening at Malcolm Turnbull's office in Sydney. In Sydney, yeah. And um, our old friend George, Bra- Brandis, that is. There's several Georges in Parliament, <laughs> but let's just stick with the Attorney General. Um, you know, in Brisbane they're going to go to his office, which I think is really interesting because as the sort of head of, you know, uh, law in this country, you would think that George Brandis would be shouting from the top of the hill uh, to release the text for legal independent scrutiny before we sign on to something. I mean, you wouldn't sign a contract without getting legal advice, would you? No. Well, I wouldn't. Mm. Apparently, apparently the Australian apparently, government would. Apparently the Australian government would. Apparently George would. Mm. So I hope that the people in Brisbane really point that out to him. Um, now, I also heard a rumour that it's happening in Perth at uh, the Foreign Minister's office, Julie Bishop, mm. which, of course, she's you know a, a very senior person in the Department of Foreign Affairs. And for those of you that don't know, the Department of Foreign Affairs is running the TPP negotiating team out of that department. So uh, not only do you have the trade minister 
uh, involved, but you have the Department of Foreign Affairs then um, running the Australian negotiator team who are writing this text behind closed doors with 600 corporate insiders. Uh, So it sounds like this action, Karen, is an extreme network across (laughs) Australia. (laughs) An extreme green network. (laughs) Well, well, it's an extreme economic justice network. I don't know what you would call it, but, you know, are you prepared for the fact that people may come out and and say that again, that here she is again involved in this kind of cross-border collusion and activity around a massive trade deal that is going to bring jobs? (laughs) at least at least they'd be telling the truth if they said that i was there yeah you know at least it would be real it it would be real Mm. unlike that entire case study yeah this is true well i hope that everyone who can gets along to one of these tpp actions on wednesday it is the opening day of the minister's meeting, which runs from the 30th of September to the 2nd of October. And they're hoping at the end of that to walk out into the public and say, we've reached a deal. And I think the Australian people and the 800 million people impacted by this in the partnering nations are probably hoping they don't reach a deal. Would that be correct? That would be correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to hold them off. Yep. One more time. Get into the US election cycle. We've got a bit of breathing space. Yeah. And then we but, can really then, sort of talk to the government about how, to, how what is the process? You know, the process for making these agreements, it, it seems to bypass democracy. So it certainly is something that we hope um, they don't reach agreement on. And a really clear way to do that is to show up on Wednesday. Or I guess people could, you know, tweet at these uh, MPs online or they could phone their office. Oh, phone their office. Everyone phone their office at Mm. 11 o'clock in the morning at the same time. Yep. That'd be great. Um, We might word up their um, PAs in in their electoral offices to make sure. in case they want to get a backup. Well, yeah, they might want to, you know, take a loo break before (laughs) 11 and when the phones go wild and Mm. crazy. Uh, And, of course, you can also email or fax them. Um, Faxes do still exist. Do they? They do. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) They are a real thing. They didn't go out in the 90s with the tree spikes. (laughs) Uh, No, (laughs) not that I'm aware of. Um, Karen, I want to thank you for joining us in the studio today and clarifying some of the misconceptions of the case study that they used. Uh, Clearly, there are elements of that study that, well, one, they didn't talk to you. And secondly, you know, there, there is information in those case studies that I haven't spoken to anyone within the environment movement who knows what the hell they're talking about. No, it's a complete fabrication. Yeah. And it, it is, it's really nice to be able to clear that up. Yeah. And I was uh, very happy to give you that opportunity. I hope that people out there continue to push um, for them to take down this online piece of propaganda mm. and uh, know that you have our support because we are all Karen and I think being in this building right now in 3CR certainly qualifies uh, for being influenced by alternative <laughs> music. <laughs> Long live the rebels. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Karen. We're um, going to go out now with a, a little bit of a song and we're going to hear from Blue King Brown, Moment of Truth. You've been on Dirt Radio. John Colin and I will be back 
next week, one of us, we're not sure who at this point, uh, to present at radio. Don't forget, we are uh, reliant on support and members both at Friends of the Earth and here at 3CR. So if you do support alternative music and Karen, then I suggest you call into 3CR, make a donation or become a member and get behind the alternative voices um, because we really need all the support we can get. Or you can go to melbourne.fo.org.au and make a donation to keep the wonderful work of people like Karen's friends uh, going. And particularly also they have an economic justice collective that has been working very hard on the TPP. Uh, and they will be uh, joining the community at these actions on Wednesday. So if you'd like to get behind Friends of the Earth, please go to the website and make a donation or sign up to become an active friend.